Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team Pokemon Trading Card Game Premier Podcasting Duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it hanging today? It's pretty good, Riley. How are you? I am doing swell, man. I gotta say, what's been going on in the uh, JW world? Well, I have a working. Uh, a working website. Well, not a working website. I guess it's a working. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what you would call it. I don't know, like a like a website proxy, essentially. So for our class, we're making these, you know, functional kind of browser uh, extensions. I guess in a sense. And um, so yeah, we're getting that up and running. And uh, our project is to create. It's like a tournament creation website. Yeah. So we finally got that up and running uh last night and we're gonna keep making improvements to it until the end of next week so it's pretty cool so you're uh you're just in the market to compete with limitless then that's your goal i mean you know we got some pretty big brains on this project so we are certainly looking to well at least replicate what they do which is pretty amazing, honestly. Now that I know more about what is going on on the back end, I was pretty. It's pretty cool. The limitless site. That's awesome, man. Uh, I'm excited to. Uh, are you going to take like, a video of your final product and show it off to your friends at least? Yeah, I mean, you know what? You guys could. Um, you could. You could join my final capstone presentation. Ooh. I'm opening this up to all the. All the little flexors out there, you guys could come on over. It's on Friday at about 2.30, I think, or 1 or 2.30, somewhere around there. Anyway, if you guys want to watch, I'll put a poster up in my Discord. And you guys can click the link and see what I have been up to. That's awesome. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, in the world of Pokemon... There's also plenty of developments happening. Um, first and foremost, JW and I were talking for the cast, and we literally cannot remember if we talked about the new cards from Chilling Rain. So we're going to talk about them. Um, so first and foremost, leading the pack is the horsies. So Calyrex, uh, the union of Calyrex and um, what is it? The I forget the name of the horses. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like I didn't play the game, so they don't come naturally to me. Okay. But, well, uh, you got Shadow Rider Calyrex and yeah, Ice Rider yeah. Calyrex um, mounted on his little horse, uh, and they're pretty sick. You know, people saw the the V cards and thought they were just horrible. Um, obviously, they were going to have a V Max, which was less horrible, and we got to see it. So. Right. Right. Um, the Ice Rider Calyrex, this whole thing is kind of like sniping and doing a lot of bench damage. Um, and then the Shadow Rider uh, accelerates energy and has a really cool ability. Um, I don't think the translation's quite right on Poke Beach for how it'll be in America, <laughs> so you can go read it yourself. But um, basically, you can accelerate an extra psychic energy from your hand to one of your psychic Pokemon and then draw a couple of cards after you do that. Um, and then for three colorless energy, you do 30 more damage for every psychic energy on your side of the field. So, you know, the synergies there is very yeah. obvious. Um, they're trying to get, like, a, a package where you get a lot of these 
uh, Calyrex Shadow Riders out and then do a lot of damage. You also have some synergizing cards in Cresselia, which is uh, literally just Volcanian, basically. It ha its attacks are both very omniscient of Volcanian, where you go second, you get to accelerate four energy, um, and then if you have a bunch of energy in play, you do extra damage. Um, you also have a Fog Crystal, which is, lets you... It's kind of like Nest Ball for Psychic Pokemon. Uh, or Netball, sorry, where you get right. the, the Psychic Energy or the Psychic Pokemon. So, lots of cool stuff going on with the Psychic Pokes. Um, the Water, not to be undone, uh, outdone, rather, got Melanie, which is... People have been comparing to Water. I don't think it's quite as good as Water, obviously. Um, you'll see when we read the text, but... Um, you accelerate a water energy from your discard pile to one of your Pokemon, and then you draw three cards. You know, just the one energy as opposed to the two, um, so not quite as like cost-efficient as water, but you do get to have it in the discard pile, which is um, a little bit easier to like get one energy from your discard pile than two energy in your hand. So, you know, definitely pros and cons there. And JW, do you have any thoughts about the, the Calyrexes and either one kind of excite you or tickle your fancy? Sure. I mean, coming out the gate, like the Shadow Rider Calyrex obviously seems like the more dynamic one, right? It's got an ability, you know, anytime there's an ability or something that draws cards, you're going to think immediately about how you can abuse that. And then not only does it draw cards, you get to attach energy, which is just uh, so, so good. Um, and then you think about its position in terms of the weaknesses that it hits. Victini, Scorch. Uh, welder box deck you know blacephalon like not particularly strong right now in the current metagame and so uh on the flip side of that you have single strike and rapid strike urshifu which are you know doing some serious work right now um putting up uh, some numbers as well as things like mewtwo and mew gx and so you just look at the weakness also for the shadow rider calyrex being a little bit more relevant than ice rider so i'm a little more excited for for Shadow Rider. <laughs> You're a man of the shadows. That's what I'm hearing. That's right. That's right. Can't get enough of those shadows. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one card that I think is going to be really interesting, um, and I I can guarantee we're going to see some, some Stadium Wars in the coming format as a result of this card alone, is the Path to the Peak. Um, so Path to the Peak is yep. basically Power Plant, but for... Uh, v Pokemon and Rulebox Pokemon in general. Um, so those Rulebox Pokemon losing their abilities, obviously like inhibiting things like Crobat, which is going to be one of the main draw support Pokemon. Krikatoon also likely going to be seeing some additional play post rotation. So I mean, this is a pretty big deal. You know, we don't see. I mean, we've seen how powerful Power Plant is, and there's ways to get around Power Plant now that there weren't before. So um, you know, you can use Crobat instead of the Dene to draw you cards. Um, and Power Plant alone was strong enough to make some bad matchups into, like, at least passable. You know, you think of your Gardevoirs versus, like, your Reshizards back in um, 2019. Um, th that matchup was awful, but, you know, you can still cheese it with a Power Plant or two. Um, just sticking. Uh -huh. I, I think Pass the Peak is going to have a similar effect on the meta game. Um, do you think that the other stadiums are, are good enough to, like, really justify um playing a lot of them to bump it or is it going to be kind of like you know you can see these paths of the peaks like really sticking yeah that's a really great question it's going to be hard to say um i mean obviously we're kind of future speculation we kind of <laughs> rag on people that that speculate a little too far in the future but like you said yeah that that uh, path of peak very strong and uh, might just be kind of like that de facto 
Mexico stadium that everything plays. So yeah, could absolutely see that just having no real competition. Yeah. Super cool card. Um, you know, without chaotic Sol to keep it down though, I'm curious how much of an effect it'll have on the metagame. Uh, any other of the new cards like really jump out at you, JW? You were talking about Kecleon before the stream. Yeah, yeah, Kecleon is just super fun. I love the artwork, very playful, and I think it has some legs to it. Uh, just when you think about what it costs to power up that energy attack, so it does 90 damage for three, um, which is very weak, I mean, honestly, right? Um, <laughs> but you do think about it as that rapid strike Pokemon, so you will get access to a pseudo double colorless, right, in the form of the rapid strike energy. And then you have that ability with the palette swap, this Pokemon is the same type as all the basic energy attached to it. So if you have one of those special energy, and then if you have some kind of, you know, toolboxy deck and you can find like a basic energy, or if you have some particular reason that you would want to play into something else, um, you know, you want to have that tech for it. I, I think it could be fun. It could be cool. Certainly has a lot more legs in the expanded format. I would imagine something like a, like a Ho-Oh Ninja Boy type thing. Still probably a little too little of a With damage. With the vile um, plume that there. does four times. <laughs> No, no, just do it with the uh, with the Uxi Azelf and Mesprit. Oh, Way I don't. Is the but Azelf, yes, yeah. Does that do four times as well, or is it three times? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's four times, and it's in standard format. Pretty, I didn't even realize right that now. was a thing. <laughs> well, you didn't watch my one of my most recent YouTube videos, now did you? I guess not. I try to watch them all. <laughs> um, I was gonna say that yeah, Kecleon seems like quite. It seems like a fan Friday deck. Um, <laughs> yes yes I, I yes absolutely absolutely i mean the only reason that it could be remotely playable is like okay maybe you're cutting down on the uh on the attack cost right with the with the rapid strike energy but certainly a fun one we'll see if it has any legs probably not actually if i had to bet i would bet against it but <laughs> oh, um, certainly you're happy that they make i mean you're happy that they make cards like this it's at least interesting and at least gets your mind working uh, trying to figure out how to make this thing, how to make this thing happen. I mean, I'm I'm honestly of the belief that not every single card needs to be like a competitive top tier card, um, as long as it's like yeah. fun and interesting. Uh, that's like value add. Well, and, and that's the thing too is like from a from a design perspective, I wouldn't want to make cards that are just if they're not tier one cards or like competitive cards that they just have, you know the attack name and the damage, right? Like this is at least kind of an interesting, has an ability, probably won't see any play, but that's, you know, like you said, like per just perfect for maybe a beginner or, um, you know, someone that's trying to experiment a little bit. They don't all have to be insane cards, but at the same time, when you're making really weak cards, they don't really have any unique text on them or interesting text on them. It can make it, it can make the jump from a non-competitive player to a competitive player feel really overwhelming. At the very least, if you're picking up yeah. Kecleons and you're making competitive decks with your friends around, like there's a little bit of of intricacy to deck building in that way, and so you're, a, I think, a little easier to translate into kind of a more competitive scene if you can work with cards around, you know, something like this. Yeah, that was kind of my thought too. Like Kecleons, the kind of card, or like the kind of deck, even that you know I would build and. And play with my friends who like don't really play Pokemon to like kind of show them how the game is played and like get them to experience kind of like some goofy fun decks that also have like interesting mechanics and uh, kind of like value to them, I guess. Yeah, 
Exactly. So, anyway, we don't need to harp on Kecleon of all cards, but it's cool. Um, Any anything else there, Riley, that you're enjoying from uh, from the newly revealed cards? Um, I think those are really the main standouts. I think the Gengar is kind of interesting. Uh, it does extra damage based on the damage counters already on the Pokemon. I think it's forty times. Um, yeah. And its ability though is really cool, where if it's knocked out, you get to search for two cards and add them to your hand. Um, so obviously Gengar being a stage two is to its detriment. Um, that's just the nature of being stage two. Um, but you know, you could theoretically chain them a little bit easier than your average stage two by like using the Gengar to get the pieces that you're missing. Um, so I think it's a cool card is again, like kind of that kind of in the Kecleon bucket where it's, uh, maybe not the most competitively viable card, but you know, it has some interesting mechanics behind it. It does something, um, it's not just a vanilla Gengar that, you know, evolve up and it does 40 damage for one and 120 for three. Um, <laughs> so I like that. Let's talk, uh, let's talk the current happenings though. So, uh, very recently we have seen a huge spike in, in Urshifu lists and, and Urshifu decks and Urshifu has been seeing some more success and more sustainable success, I think, than it has in the first weeks of battle styles and it really seems like people have started to settle on one variant of urshifu did you talk to me about kind of the evolution of urshifu within the battle styles format like what's going on there it's been really cool to see so we started off in this you know just like any other archetype right where people are trying to figure out okay what pairs well with uh with rapid strike urshifu are we gonna play it this way this way this way and i think there were kind of four different archetypes, uh, certainly three that were that were um, considered, you know, their own archetype, and then one that is, you know, maybe classified as a separate archetype, but four kind of styles of play for Urshifu. And the first would be that Dragapult Urshifu deck that we saw. I was never the biggest fan, but the idea there being that you could snipe some things on the bench with the Dragapult, and then, you know, you can snipe them later or, uh, you know, just do some switching damage or you just have your bases covered, essentially, right? Dragapult is kind of your main. And then you have that backup of the Rapid Strike Urshifu for matchups that are maybe a little bit harder. Things like Eternatus or just things where you would want to do 120 snipe, um, which can be very good against kind of random rogue decks. So right. that was an archetype. That was an archetype. Uh, the other three were all just variants of the Rapid Striker. So you had your, and and a lot of it, again, in this early part of the metagame, a lot of speculation. So what's going to emerge on top? So you had the Jirachi build. I think this came to a lot of players because they said, hey, you know what? I really liked playing Zapdos Jirachi back when <laughs> that was a thing. And this is essentially the same idea right you have to evolve you have some different energies that you can use but in essence you're just trying to switch your guy every single turn get a jirachi stellar wish in there to refill your resources and then go swing in with uh you know doing as much damage as you can and so there was that there was also a Sinchino build that maybe focused a little more on healing so using Sinchino, discarding a lot of cards, drawing um, you know, as much as you can, having a big hand, and then using Cheryl every turn with all the resources that you had in your hand, you could more easily replenish your energy, you could more easily replenish your switches and all that stuff. So there was that version. And then the, uh, the um, Octillery version, which just utilizes the Rapid Strike 
package as a whole. And that one features, of course, the octillery. You got, you know, maybe you include a fan of waves. You can search it out pretty easily. You probably include a couple of the stadium because, again, search that out pretty easily. But the whole strategy kind of revolved around that artillery and just being able to have that consistent search. You played um, certainly more Karina's focus, at least yep. one or two. Yeah, just I was going to say, Karina's for sure. You have pretty much one of every um, one of every base covered with artillery, right? You can get your draw with the artillery. You can get your energy with the artillery. You can get your disruption, form a fan of waves. The artillery, you can get your Pokemon with artillery. The downside being... You're generally not going to have a ton of resources in your hand in the late game. If your opponent Marnies or reset stamps, um, you know, you're only going to be able to search out that one card. And then if they somehow find a way to gust or snipe your artillery and they can reset your hand, then you might be in a little bit of a tricky spot just because you're not churning through your deck as fast as a Jirachi or Sinchino version. So fast forward to now and we finally have rapid strike showing up on the map uh in in i would say a much more significant way than those early tournaments i would say the, the early tournaments tended to skew tended to favor that dragapult urshifu variant and i think that was just a lot of people finding comfort in dragapult wanting to play that again realizing that they maybe needed some kind of counter to an eternatus and just trying to make that thing work not a, yeah. necessarily a bad deck but we've kind of seen with how it's performed recently that it was maybe a, a, a product you know a deck product of that early format as opposed to being a very viable archetype and then uh, didn't see too much Sinchino version. Haven't seen a ton of the Actillery version. It seems to be the version that people most prefer is that Jirachi version. And uh, Rahul took it to a win last week in one of the uh, big uh, weekly tournaments. So that seems to be where people are going. I think Jirachi is, again, it's very comfortable for a lot of people. I wish that people would start experimenting with Actillery. I've liked Actillery a lot <laughs> in my Rapid Strike build. But I certainly can't deny the power of Stellar Wishing once, twice, three times in a turn, getting all the resources that you need, and just being able to switch super consistently. So that's where we're at right now. Certainly the Jirachi version proving itself, and that's where a lot of people have stuck with on that archetype. Yeah, I, I think that was a really good summary. Um, one thing I've noticed, and I think you know, we still see the Dragapult Urshifu standing in decent numbers i'd say for like every two jirachi variants you maybe have one uh dragapult variant um i think part of the reason that people still latch onto it is you know you have that type coverage which feels good um the i think it's also probably one of the more run hot kind of variants where like when you're doing well with it and this is kind of like how i feel about sunny scorch if you've listened to the cast like i've described sunny scorch in a similar way it's like when you're winning it feels so good um, because you're kind of just like chipping away to all of your opponent's Pokemon, they can't really get anything going, um, and you just snipe off everything from their field. It's it's so satisfying. Um, but then when it doesn't go, like you're whiffing energy drops, you're drawing the wrong kinds of energy at the wrong times, and that's just really frustrating. And um, and ultimately, I think one of the downfalls of the Dragapult variant is that it's the most vulnerable to any energy disruption. Like Dragapult in general is pretty weak to energy disruption. Um, and this deck in particular that plays such uh, a weird counts of energy, you know, you're playing like usually four Auroras, four Horrors, and uh, the four Rapid Strikes, and you know, it draws you pretty thin pretty fast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of the style, but I understand why people like it a lot. 
Um, I personally do like the Jirachi variant a lot, and I think one of the reasons I do is the scoop up engine is not necessarily for the Jirachis itself, um, but being able to do trick, trick, little tricky things like, um, you know, Zigzagoon and then double net to knock out a, a Sinistee or, or Zigzagoon double net and then strafe into a Mew to knock it out. Um, you know, Giratina to remove the weakness guards from the um, Eternatus, which is so huge. Um, I think one of the reasons uh, more recently that Single Strike is kind of struggling is I honestly think Single Strike, if your Eternatuses are getting the weakness guards down early, has kind of a rough time into the matchup because you're you're damaging yourself with the Hound Dooms into like a threshold where the Eternatus can knock you out. Um, and you're not knocking them out in response. Um, if you're able to, if they don't hit the weakness yep. guards, then you just steamroll them because uh, you can just attack with the the Urshifu V without even V maxing um, and one hit KO. Um, but if they do hit those weakness guards early, and Lord knows that every Eternus I've ever seen has hit the weakness guard on turn one, um, is like a very <laughs> consistent happenstance for me. Um, yeah, you're not salty, right? What's that? <laughs> Oh yes, I am salty. salty. I am salty though. Um, every time I play single strike and I hit an turn to this turn one, there is a, a weakness card on that board. Every time. Um, but you know, having that Giratina, you know, you don't necessarily get the one at KO without the the fighting dojo um, for the full effect. But you know, hitting for three hundred and then sniping the next turn will do a number on an turn to this board, <laughs> to say the least. And then you have like Mewtwo to recycle supporters, even if you want. Um, just the the scoop up on the things that aren't Jirachi is is so strong, and I think uh, the bear being so simple in execution, like you really just need energy and a retreat option, um, allows that to really thrive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I've enjoyed that invariant a lot. It doesn't surprise me to see it get so popular, and I think as the deck has gotten more and more optimized, it's gotten better matchups. Um, you know, namely like Pikaram kind of was was holding its own decently well, I think, against Urshifu in the beginning stages of the format while people were still you know, trying out these different variants. Um, I think the, the more straightforward, like, Jirachi variants of the deck will usually end up uh, prevailing as long as they have, like, their Mewtwo counter uh, not priced, uh, be it the, the Mimikyu or the, the Jirachi GX. Speaking of which, do you have a preference between the two? The between which one? Uh, Shadowbox Mimikyu and Jirachi GX is like a psychic counter. Ah, yes. Right, right, right. I think the more kind of aggressive is the Mimikyu, right? Because you're you're kind of hunting, right? <laughs> to put damage counters down. Um, so that one, that one to me maybe feels a little bit better, especially in a Jirachi build where you can scoop it up right off the field if you just don't want it down in a certain matchup for whatever reason. So that feels a little bit more versatile in that way. Um, but obviously you open up the opportunity for your opponent, you know, to attack you for significant damage on that one or maybe two turns that they have before you get that Mimikyu down and get that damage on. So, um, you know, I, I would prefer that Mimikyu, but certainly if you're playing Jirachi GX, you're you know, you're 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 doing things right. I think you need that kind of psychic uh psychic answer in some way. So it's funny. I actually prefer the Jirachi because it's you know, it's simpler in execution. You know, your opponent can't surprise yeah. you with a Mewtwo and, and knock you out of the nowhere. Um I just worry that one of the one of the strengths for the Rapid Strike 
even if you're playing like the Octary version, like is the fact that you are trying, you, you're very good at forcing your opponent to take two GX knockouts. And if they're not hitting you for, or excuse me, two VMAX knockouts, <laughs> and if they're not hitting you for weakness, um, you know, a Jirachi GX aside, but if they're not hitting you for weakness, then it, it can become very hard to do. And if you're playing the um, Jirachi version, right, you can have two Jirachi down and then you just go swinging back and forth with your with your Urshfus. And like, you know, you, you force them to take, go through those two VMAXs as opposed to being able to gust up things on the bench. So, I don't know. Yeah, I not mean, I definitely agree it's easier to gust. Um, it's just like you get in such sticky situations when like a, a Pigaram is able to tag switch and get a Mewtwo out of nowhere or um, like ADP uh, getting an energy switch or something onto a Mewtwo and using uh, Mawile's attack. Um, you just get into like these awkward situations that you can't plan for when you have a Mimikyu. Sure, absolutely. Um, that's kind of my take at least. Uh, so, JW, it sounds like you're still pretty fond on the Artillery version. Do you prefer that to this day to the Jirachi version? I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, I'm willing to try something new. I'm not necessarily <laughs> married to it. I have been seeing... Like, there's only so much time to test things. And, I mean, you guys know if you watch, like, the YouTube channel, right? Like, I'm always just playing kind of wacky things right I, I find some joy in just trying to make a make a weird concept work and so i'm always just off the wall and i you know play what i can in terms of testing um but that certainly i'm also dividing my time between my work and i'm also dividing my time between um you know the youtube channel and things like this so um there's a certain level of the trading card game you where you have to be comfortable in accepting other people's results and sometimes that can be bad <laughs> right because because some people just like the hive mind makes bad decisions sometimes that's just objectively true right sometimes they make bad calls on tech cards or they make bad calls on archetype choices like uh, let's just go back to the dragapult urshifu variant right like that has kind of proven <laughs> over time to maybe be throwing shade on people <laughs> No, no, I'm not. It's it's not that. You're throwing I mean, shade I, I on the poor Dragapult or Shifu players. Oh, my goodness. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> but you just have to be very objective, right, when you look at some of this stuff. And I think uh, it just just when you have the opportunity to see these these tournament results and you're seeing, oh, okay, this list is doing very well repeatedly over and over into a varied field, you kind of have to take that as as truth in a sense like or, or or at least trending towards truth right in a in a scientific experiment <laughs> right if we think of if we think of deck creation as science then uh the proven results time after time might indicate that the hypothesis of that deck being good is proven true <laughs> so you're an awful smart man jw that's right yeah i say as i as i um push up my my circular rimmed glasses <laughs> well i i think that's fair um you know speaking of the high find this is like completely tangential and i don't want to like stay on this for too long i was talking with uh i was talking with adler the other day and i was like you know it's really crazy that we had like lele kiawe and welder um uh, like all together in the same format and abilities are didn't happen fully until worlds that year after some of that rotated <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely 
so i mean that just goes to show like we're not always right as a hive mind like we can you know continue to look back and realize oh you know that was a blunder (laughs) well and i think that's what makes getting into old decks very interesting right we see people are coming back i've been seeing a lot of people talk about you know decks from 2004 and they're making them better and improving certain matchups and and it's just that's kind of the fun of it right you we get this opportunity to experiment and try to figure out what the best uh what the best list is and i don't think that just also goes to say like if you're out there and you're listening to the cast and you're like i have the best list of this well i would just challenge you to think about whether or not you do I think it's. I always think it's super just, cool to look at these uh, these formats in hindsight and like come up with better ideas than maybe we realized mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think like like you're saying like those old format discourses that you see on you see them on Facebook. There's these tournaments that run pretty frequently for old formats, and you know the decks really are constantly evolving. Still, it's really cool. Yep, yep. That's one of the joys of the game because there might be just people looking at a card in a new way and just saying oh yeah that that's what i want or or that's what i need for this particular matchup whereas they just before (laughs) didn't didn't see it agreed so who knows maybe urshifu will continue to evolve it seems like Zarashi is the way to go for now um want to transition over to our card of the day for this week gw what do you got for us oh well this card is i don't know kind of a cute card i would say it's very (laughs) fanciful and and nice and i played it in actually a few decks uh maybe not this art style in particular but this card has certainly cropped up in a number of decks that i played and a number of decks that you've played even riley uh, and that is the legendary treasures mu ex very beautiful card <laughs> it is kind of a unique um card this legendary treasures set was a bunch of reprints generally it also had a bunch of new cards but how, how would you describe that i would describe the whole set as very very kawaii uh, to use that <laughs> japanese term you definitely did not you have to use the japanese word there <laughs> what? what i don't know it felt like that was on brand oh yeah you could anyway. just say cute there for sure oh uh, yeah they're very cute they're very cute and this mew is certainly one of the yeah, most it's like cutesy cards. cartoony is like this has very cartoony in terms and of it has like little hearts and little background holograms that we haven't seen before it is a cute <laughs> little set if you've never seen you've never seen the legendary treasures set just just scroll through it it's very unique style for Olga, some another classic and, yep and the mu ex is one of those cards where just the mew i i think it's it's very interesting right you got the mew that's this really deep pink right we all know that kind of iconic like pink of mew and then the blue background that baby blue background so it's a very kind of young card right a fresh card maybe evokes <laughs> uh, a newness uh, a baby-esque quality to the card and, <laughs> you um, sound like you're giving like an art dissertation <laughs> i like it though you uh, got it i like it day or what no right, you're good right. well i'm done with the i'm done with that you've squashed my no no i like my, it i like it <laughs> so anyway the uh the tail kind of caresses the <laughs> <laughs> uh 
but yeah, it's so so. And the card art aside, it was a very powerful card. Has this ability versatile, which is reminiscent of the tag team Mewtwo and Mew GX right now, where it can use any of the attacks of Pokemon in play. So what this card was mostly used for, I, at least what I remember using it for most frequently, was uh, as a tech in. Uh, Golisopod Zoroark against the Buzzwolves of the world, right? It would give you that kind of extra attacker that you would need the, against the Psychic Week Pokemon of the day. And so Buzzwolves, Psychic Week, Mew could copy Zoroark or Golisopod very easily. And so you had a very splashful tech for those matchups. Really nice card. I remember playing it back in in its first iteration in Dark Explorers. Uh, I remember playing that in, what, 2011 when that came out? So then, yeah. just been been a long time, you know, certainly a card that I've I've had a very fond relationship with over the many years of playing and one of the cuter cards ever printed. Yeah, that's the that's the Mew AX that I have and I use the Legendary Treasures one. Um, use a super cool card. Honestly, I think the versatile ability is insanely cool as well. The fact that you can copy from anywhere on the board, um, you know, sometimes you can make really cute plays happen that aren't immediately obvious like if you play you know if you play like rainbow energy and your glissopod zorark like you could jet punch or something with that um you know you can find these like interesting routes that maybe aren't always obvious yeah no that's a really great point i mean just because you know you can can copy pretty much anything there so why not do it if you have the opportunity and it's yeah again like you said opponents pokemon your pokemon nothing in the discard but there's a lot of options, certainly, when you factor in things like, um, yeah, things like Rainbow Energy. So. Yeah, I, I enjoy, like, kind of the Mew cards in general, like the, the multi-prize Mews or, like, the, the special Mew cards, I guess. Like, you have Mew Prime was a kind of example of this. I had Mew EX. You had, um, you know, uh, what was it? What was that? Was that? The, uh, the Face Clyde Mew that copied basics on your bench. Yeah. Uh, it's like... All the Mews that like have this kind of copying thing going on, I think is really fun. Absolutely. They've certainly made that card into a just a you know archetype, I guess, or, or it kind of is typecast, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um the super cool. That was a great choice for a card. That's a, that's a throwback card. Who knows? Maybe with uh with Urshifu you'll see some more Mew EXs again. <laughs> see. Would love to see that. So, the last topic for today, JW, um, there's been some discourse recently about what is the best deck in the Battle Styles format. A huge uh, proponent, I guess, uh, or leader in this discussion has been Azul has been fervently defending Eternatus as kind of the best option in this format right now. Um, Obviously, there's like a lot of thoughts floating around from a lot of different characters about what is the best deck. You know, you have the Pigram stands that will ride or die. You have, you know, the ADP people who, uh, ADP is just always going to be the best deck. Uh, you have people agreeing with Azul, and yeah, like Eternus has a really good matchup spread right now. Um, and then you have kind of like the Urshifu camp. And where where are we falling right now, JW? How, how are you feeling about what is leading the pack in battle styles? And granted, I think the battle styles meta is actually like even enough that like the best deck might not be leagues and leagues ahead of the next best deck. Um, so take this all with like a grain of salt, but um, yeah, yeah, what is your certainly. thought and, right now? And 
we're still we're still figuring it out too you know as we go as the metagame evolves as techs come up or as decks rise yeah we know, literally just talked about how metas can change uh post-mortem too yeah so yeah and i mean i'm honestly even on a week by week basis you know you might have a certain like group of players spike a tournament with a certain archetype and then all of a sudden that archetype gets played more frequently the next week when maybe it wasn't particularly good for that metagame in the first place so there's a lot of things that go into it but i would say i would agree generally with azul saying like um uh eternatus is one of the better decks i would put it in like the top three i still think pikram is a very strong deck and i know that's gonna be you know <laughs> it's gonna come on like a broken record the just poor horse that again. leave it alone yeah very nice, very nice deck. I wouldn't put it in my top three. I'd put it on like just on the outside looking in though, probably at like four or five. Uh, I I really like you might be super happy about this, Riley, but I really like Mad Party. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I think Mad Party is hilarious. I think it's funny. Uh it's a decent deck. I think it has, you know, that nice type coverage right now with the with the psychic attacker and um I think it can hold its own right now, certainly. If you look at some of the better decks being the, um, you know, the Urshifu, right? The Urshifu's, plural. Then I think for sure, you absolutely have a, have a contender there with Mad Party. And then the top deck, I would put it at the Rapid Strike Urshifu right now. I like okay. the versatility of the deck. I like what it can do. I think the fact that you're seeing so much Mew EX play, or excuse me, Mew uh, from Unbroken Bonds, being played in decks kind of like indicates to me that oh oh yeah that that deck is like worth being teched for right yeah because people weren't playing Mew in their decks when Picaram was like the de facto best deck right you just really didn't see it they were just kind of like okay if the Picaram can get six energy like whatever they're gonna blow me up they probably won anyway um but <laughs> you're seeing that Mew be played pretty much in in every deck that they can afford it because of the strength of the snipe from the Urshifu. So that to me just kind of that's kind of proof, like a little bit of proof that it's a great card and great deck and it's my number one right now. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good take. Um I I guess I have a couple of thoughts in response. I do like Mad Party a lot. Um I think Mad Party struggles in a couple of important areas though. Um First off, the deck is like less consistent than some of the other top yeah. decks just by virtue of being like a one prize, like kind of a setup y deck. Um and two, I think Mad Party takes some some bad matchups that are like kind of hard to ignore. Um I think the Eternus matchup's actually kind of rough, especially as the Eveltals have increased in count. Um Eveltal trades super well into the Mad Party years, especially in combination with like a Zigzagoon. Um you can get some really funky situations. Um and then, in addition to that, the uh, Ad Party can kind of just lose to anything if you have, like, too many twins in your opening hand or something and you just card them, uh, which is just unfortunate, but true. I do like Mad Party a lot, though. That's not to, not to rag on Mad Party. I play Mad Party, like, when I'm just grinding ladder, I just play Mad Party. <laughs> so, um, Dragon Bolt's <laughs> yeah. also kind of a bad matchup, which is um, a little tough to reconcile right now. Yeah, I... Certainly, certainly. And we've seen an uptick in Dragapult just Yeah, like Dragapult, regular Dragapult. I see a lot of. What... Yeah. yeah. So that's a little tough as well. Um, I I think Eternatus, I kind of agree with Azul. I think Eternatus has got the best, best matchup spread right now. Um, you know, you think of these bears as One kind of the... Of... Go ahead. 
sorry one of one of the biggest things too that i look at is like uh you really didn't have an answer for the um lucario melmetal deck because you just couldn't get around the zamazenta right no matter how many spear tombs or sableyes or eveltals or whatever you played you just really didn't have a favorable matchup into that deck because of that one card. Well, Battle Styles comes out. Now all of a sudden you have a one card counter to that deck in the form of Phoebe. So I think that as well kind of pushes that archetype, takes one of your bad matchups, immediately flips it to a good matchup. Uh, because of that one card, you can maybe play Phoebe and a pal pad. And then all of a sudden you got enough juice to make it around the two Zamacentas that a Luke Metal plays. So yeah, another little wrinkle that you, that you have for the deck that no, absolutely. improves that improves it in the battle styles metagame. Absolutely, I mean Luke Metal really. I mean you'd end up in lots of situations where it, with Luke Metal where you're just kind of hanging on by a thread versus uh, Eternatus as well. Like maybe you just didn't start quickly enough and they picked off like your your Luke Metal and your Zacian too quickly. Um, so you just got like one Zamazenta that you got to defend against the world. Um, well, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know, they could just Phoebe it and knock yep. it out, and that's really tough. You know, um, so I think that's a huge factor. Is also like if you play the pal pad, like you can easily Sigiwai doesn't usually set up that many Sigiwais, so you can usually get through a couple of those and knock out the, like their Snorlaxes and their Rowlets and and be done with it. Um, so I think Eternus, you know, the Phoebe is a huge addition. It also let the deck kind of be more streamlined. Um, I think like the more streamlined Eternus variants are better. And you know, we talked about this pre-Players Cup as well, how like having just the power plants and the hammers and playing as straightforward of a Pokemon line as possible is the way to go. And I think having those card options has really kind of like solidified that as as the way to do it. Um, you know, you're not really worried about trying to reach for these gigantic one-hit KOs on V Maxes. Um, you're just consistently pressuring the board though. You're putting so much pressure on the board so fast. Um and you're one hit KOing like everything that's not a VMAX. So yeah, the deck's incredible. Like you can knock out ADP turn two pretty consistently, which is a huge benefit factor as well. Uh, and the weakness guard is really tough for the Urshifu decks to get through sometimes. Like obviously the Rap Strike has the Giratina, which I think you definitely need to play to deal with that. Um the single strike though doesn't really have a way to get around the um Get around the weakness card energy so you know it leaves it in this vulnerable position where like it's kind of a bad matchup versus a dark type if they're not able to to get that out which is pretty crazy so and i think also I think you know you contributing at, uh, to that yeah, sorry one more thing one one more thing contributing to that is mewtwo yeah. has gotten a little more popular and dragon has gotten a little more popular just because the meta shifted into an urshifu based meta and dragon just smokes those or sorry eternus just smokes those so I think, too, you look at, you know, why we thought Victini would be so strong. Is being able to attach, attach, knockout, right? We already had Victini, and it was in the form <laughs> of Eternatus. And so, that's a, it's know, a good way to put I, it. I mean, so, so, but we still have EXs, and so, like, you know, or, or excuse me, we still have GXs. So, that's going to be a little bit, Eternatus is going to be a little bit more. Uh, able to to take on those so just very yeah like you said really great deck certainly one that uh, you need to be prepared for i will say though i i really do like 
Rapid Strike a lot. Uh, I don't think you'd be remiss for thinking it's one of the better or the best deck in the format right now. And it's so fun to play. Like, that kind of strategy where you're constantly switching and doing stuff. I just think those decks are more fun to play than just, you know, Turnus is like you kind of set up your one or two guys and you just keep swinging. <laughs> and eventually one of you loses. Um, whereas Dragapult, like, you're doing stuff along the way. You know, you're kind of, you're doing the, you have the same end sure. goal, right? You're trying to take all your prize cards, but you're a little more tricky about it. So that's fun. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to be a little tricky, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you do. You're a little, you're a little shady, bro. Shady. <laughs> exactly. You know, I like to, I like shady. the decks that force me to like do a lot of things to do the one simple thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then, and then I play this, and then I evolve this, and then I do this, 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 and then you know, it's like. <laughs> Single strike or food, just like oh yeah, and I attach energy and just blow you up. <laughs> I do like well, single strike is kind of one of those decks too because you have like your urns, you have your hound dooms. Uh, you know, you're trying to get so many moving parts moving. I like the decks with the with moving parts. <laughs> They're so fun. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Not to say like well, uh, Riley, rapid any... strike is too complicated, but true, true. Any other any other thoughts on? current uh current standard format as you see it no i mean i think uh i think the meta is pretty fun right now i you know there's a lot of decks that are seeing success which is uh really refreshing um you know obviously adp is still around and kind of oppressing um some of those like more uh like tradey based one prize decks but uh, really besides that like we're seeing so many different v maxes and v pokemon and um and even mad party is seeing a lot of success right now so, I mean, that's symptomatic to me of a, a really healthy metagame. Not that being a wide metagame necessarily is healthy, um, but there's a lot of cool, interesting strategies that um, are fun to play. So I'm enjoying Battle Styles a lot. Um, I've definitely liked it more than Vivid Voltage. So I'm excited to kind of see how the decks evolve and, and what cool things continue to come out of it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to to playing a little bit more in, in these uh, tournaments. I've enjoyed the team battles. Our team has made it onto the top 128, so that's been a lot of fun. And I also get a free night on Friday, so I'm going to join in on one of the online tournaments that's happening. So I can't uh, can't wait to play play some high stakes mon again. Yeah, I was a. Uh... I was about to say too, like, you know, I don't do too many of the online tournaments because I'm really busy and it's hard to find time, but I actually like kind of want to right now. Like I want to find the time one of these days because I'm enjoying the the cart the game right now. Um Bro, d- Friday night, man. I'm gonna be there. Friday night mons, dude. <laughs> trying to trying to trying to roll. Oh uh, well Friday night's to, usually my, my D and D night. Friday night mons. Friday night is usually my D and D night. I know I'm a D and D player. Uh. Um so uh, yes. depends though. Like yes. sometimes the logistics of D and D is a little complicated. So um, we'll see though. I gotcha. definitely, I would definitely want to do it, and I kind of want to stream some of my tournaments. Um, so maybe I'll do something on the like maybe yeah. on Saturdays or Sunday. Maybe I'll do like the Sunday like chill PCG things and like start streaming those. Um, you know, kind of want to branch out a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I I think it'd be fun to. I, I'm trying to do like a tournament a month. I think that's my that's my goal. You know um we'll see how that goes from here on out <laughs> i really want to but yeah, uh, i do also the tournament a win a month that's what we're looking at oh yeah a tournament win yeah well if i only play one tournament a month then i'm just i just have to win it yeah that's, I mean, that's so. a pretty casual thing for be the player of your easy caliber. enough i mean it's right right 
All I'm saying is that I haven't won a, an online tournament in a couple of months, but at the same time, I also haven't entered. So, you know, what does that mean? Right? <laughs> Gigantic brain strats. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. So, so that is great. Yes. All right. Look forward to seeing us play more Mon. In the feet. Look forward Thank to meeting us on the so battlefield. <laughs> Yes, indeed, indeed. Thank you guys all so much for listening. This has been another fantastic cast. Follow us on all the social medias. Uh, for me, it's at Real John Walter on Twitter. For Riley, it's at Smiles with Riles, as well as the Tag Team Twitter account at Tag Team Pokemon. We're gonna see you once again next week, Wednesday night, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Time. For those of you that want to catch us live over on Twitch twitch.tv slash munner awesome thank you all for your support be sure to rate and review and we will catch you next time peace see you